Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's uh, good, to, good to be here this morning um, with uh, people similar age to me. Uh, there's only one of them back home at Mount Barker, but it's nice. So uh, for those of you that don't know me proper, um, I'm Sam. I've always been Sam, uh, as long as I've known. So uh, as Nath said, I work uh, at Hills Salvos as uh, Youth, Children's and Families guy, so it's, it's good fun. Um, married to live. We are, what we clock, six years, six years next year? Yeah, six years. Yeah, it's good. Good on us, hey? It's, it's good. It's good effort. Um, she, she's, not, she's probably sick of me but won't admit it. Um, and I love, I love basketball. I play basketball on a Monday night up the Wood Ducks where uh, if Hodgie was here, he'd back me on that one. Uh, I also love, he's, he's a slacker on holidays. Uh, I love footy. I go for the Brisbane Lions. We had a bit of a heartbreaker this year, but that's right. We'll bounce back. There's always, always next year. Um, I like trying to be funny. Um, there's a common debate in my family who the funniest Haightley is, uh, and it's Sarah. So well done, Sarah. Sarah holds that mantle. Um, Jack is second, and I'm like sixth, I think. So I think I'm just above Dad uh, <laughs> and Ben and then everyone else. So it's good. Um, strongly, oh, thanks, Shares. It's good. Uh, and look, I think Jesus is a pretty good dude. I think Jesus is a great guy um, my life, and he is the reason I do what I do. Um, so that's a little bit about me. If you want to know more, uh, chat to me after and I'll probably give you like maybe 5% extra of what I just gave you. So um, I want to be up front with you this morning and let you know what I'm speaking on just in case I don't hit the mark because that way you then have my idea and you can then run with it, right? So the thought this morning is about being obedient to where we are placed, right? Now that can be that can be obedient to God's placing, or sometimes we place ourselves in situations, right? But being obedient to God wherever we are placed. I also want to be upfront, and this is not like a come join full-time ministry. I'm not here to recruit people to the Salvation Army for full-time ministry. If that's your calling, support yourself, but I'm not here to recruit you, all right? I don't get paid enough for that. Is that cool? Yeah. Awesome. All right, before we get rolling, I know we've already sort of prayed, but I'd like to pray because there's no such thing as too much prayer. So, let me pray and we'll dive right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning that we can be in your house. And Lord, that we can dig into your word and we can hear from you. Lord, I pray that everything that is said here this morning is of you. And anything that is of me falls away, Father. I pray that this may encourage us each to be obedient to you wherever we are placed. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here. And we invite you to move and stir our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. So this morning we're going to have a look at Acts. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through to 40. So if you want to read along, it'll be on the screen, uh, I believe. Now, prior warning, I've got like the reading level of like a year three. Um, I just never kind of got into reading. So if I stumble over stuff, it's just because I'm not that smart. All right. So let's, uh, let's roll along. One day... As we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got exasperated 
that he, so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching the customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, assumed the prisoners had escaped, so drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he had everyone in his house. He, then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to the jailer, uh, "Let these men go." So the jailer told Paul, "The city officials have said you and Silas are free to leave. So go in peace." But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison, and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come and release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. They, then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. Cool, so that was a bit of a, uh, bit of a slog to get through, but we got there. Well done, everyone. So we've got Paul, the artist formerly known as Saul. And in my opinion, he's got one of the more interesting uh, journeys when it comes to his faith, right? Well, that's just, that's my opinion. So if you've got a different one, that's... All power to you. So at this point in his journey, he was just in Philippi where he's seen Lydia and her household come to know Jesus, right? And he's probably buzzing because that's a pretty good feeling when you're a part of that and you see that stuff happening. And he's just enjoying this lovely stroll through the town where he does a pretty good thing. There's this girl who's possessed by a demon. He does the right thing. He casts it out of her, right? And the poor bloke with Silas, they end up in prison for that, right? Now, in this day and age, you'd probably have a Kim Kardashian type probably advocating for his release because that's a pretty bad thing to just imprison someone wrongly. Uh, but in those days, he didn't really have that sort of help. So they're in prison, and while in prison, oh, hello, he and Silas survived this, 
this earthquake, I'm assuming it had to be pretty big, right? There probably was a bit of structural damage. Uh, some it would have come through and probably condemned half the building, um, but that's all right. So this earthquake happens, the doors fling open, their shackles drop, and they stay put, right? They don't go anywhere, and this leads to the salvation of the jailer and his family. That is pretty cool stuff, right? So they stay where they are, and that leads to more people being saved. Now, I've got three points, if you will, this morning. Uh, they, they go together, but you don't have to like take all three points. You can kind of just take one if that's what you want to do, right? So it's kind of, yeah, take it as you want. And I'm hoping that each of these or one of these might encourage us to be obedient to where we are placed in life. Is that cool? Wonderful. Point number one is that I believe that God equips those he calls slash places. God will never leave us unequipped for a task, right? He's called us to do something, and that's make disciples of all nations, and he's put us in a position. He's not going to just go, all right, here's your job. Good luck. God equips us for what he has put in front of us. We might feel like we're unequipped, but we're not. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have our gifts and abilities that God has given us. And if we rewind a little bit in Acts to where Saul became Paul through his salvation and conversion and things like that, right? He would have had to be thinking, am I really the right guy to be growing the church? to be going out and seeing more people come to know Jesus. I spent a fair bit of time trying to stop these followers. Am I really the one God wants to be growing his church? I think there would have been doubt there because he's a human and people have doubts, right? But God, through Jesus and his Holy Spirit, equips Paul to do a job, right? He's... His task is to eventually get to Rome. He gets there, and the whole way there, he's seeing people come to know Jesus through his obedience to wherever he's placed in that moment, right? So not long before I started up in Mount Barker, I remember sitting at uh, Liv's parents' place, and we were talking about what this job might look like. And I remember saying to her, I'm not at all qualified for this job. I'm just some... 21-year-old kid that thinks they're pretty funny and a bit of fun. And I was like, there's no way I'm equipped to do ministry, let alone working with young people who at 21 I was definitely irrelevant to already, let alone now at 29. And Liv said something to me that I still call back on so regularly. And this is why it's really good to have a really wise wife that kind of helps you write sermons for you when she gives you great advice. So she said to me, God doesn't call people who are equipped. He equips people that he calls. Right? So God, she, she also wrote points two and three for not. Uh, so God, God call, he equips the people that he calls, right? And when he, when he, when he equips us for our calling or our placing, he does this knowing that we can do it, right? He doesn't, he doesn't sit back and go, here's a bit of fun. I'm going to take this guy and I'm going to place him over here 
and I'm just going to watch the chaos. Yeah, he's not like that, right? He's not like that at all. He does this with the intention to see kingdom growth. Now, I want to I want us to say this isn't just in relation to like working in a ministry space, right? This is everyday life. God will put us in situations in everyday life that he equips us for. God equips us for the, the nice conversations, but also the tough conversations that we have to have with people in our life. He equips us to be led to speak to someone maybe when we're waiting at school pickup that we think maybe they've actually had a rough day and they need to hear from us. Or maybe, you know, just he's, he's leading us in our workplaces, he's leading us just in the line at Woolies. You know, like God is, God is equipping us for every situation that we're in. Every aspect of our life, God equips us to reach people to see kingdom growth. My second uh, point or thought for this morning is that sometimes God will place us in a situation well before we're actually required. Right? Sometimes it takes a fair bit of relationship building and, and getting to know people before they might open up and say, oh, actually, like, I, really need, I really need this or I really need that. Right? And I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of this. And for me, I'm often in a situation where I'm going, why am I even here? Often that comes down to my lack of attention span as to why I'm in a situation. But what it actually is is the fact that we're sitting in a, in a time of life where we're going, why am, I, why am I here? I've been doing this for so long. Or I've been doing that for so long. But the reality is that God is just waiting for the right moment. Does that make sense? So for the last eight years, as we've figured out, I've been working in the Adelaide Hills. And part of that time, I've been visiting and hanging out at a local primary school. I just want to also say, with, that's with the school's knowledge. I haven't just been rocking up. I haven't just been rocking up looking like this, going, who wants to hang out? Because that's, that's how you end up in prison, right? So I've been rocking up to this primary school for, for eight years now. And I, I've been doing that pretty much since day one of working in Mount Barker because we had this program called Street Dreams, and it was a dance program, which I wasn't the instructor for. I just also want to say that. I can't dance. Uh, I was just, I really don't want to. Um, so this was one of two schools that said, hey, we'll come and have your program, like, sussed out in our school day one, right? So we've been, I've been rocking up to the school almost week in, week out for eight years, right? And we've seen some really cool things happen in the life of our youth ministry and our kids' ministry in Mount Barker because of this school. Like I would dare say close to 100% of our kids are connected to this school somehow, right? So it's, it's pretty awesome. And I, look, I'm pretty biased, but I think this school is the best. I love, I love the kids, I love the teachers, I love the students. Students, I said the kids already. I love the staff. They're all legends, right? However, this year there was, a, there was an incident and a moment at school which made me go, ah, that's, that's why this school's been on my heart for so long, right? So it was, this moment happened on a Wednesday afternoon where there was a student who was helping dad mow the lawn. And as kids do, right, I know I had this thought once. I was like, hey, I want to push the mower. 
Like, that's fun for one time. So this kid goes, hey, Dad, can I help? And Dad goes, yeah, mate, no worries. You have a go pushing. I'll be gone for 20 seconds. I'm just going to grab the whippersnipper. So whilst Dad's gone in literally this 20-second window, the mower jammed up. And this kid thought, hey, I can unjam this mower. Hands under. Definitely unjammed the mower. Also unjammed the top of his fingers. Right? So I'm in at school the following Monday. Teacher pulls me aside and lets me know what happened. And now there's like four classes impacted by this because there's obviously his teacher. They're like a bit of a collaborative class. They're kind of across two. There's the class that his sister's in, the class that his brother's in. So there's this whole big thing. Like the school's pretty shaken up by this incident, right? And in that moment, I went, okay, this is why we're here. Like we're here to show the school that we actually love them, that we love this kid, we love this family, we love our community, right? Now, the child's okay. They're missing a couple of digits, but they're all right. And the family's, the family's moving through the trauma and everything's kind of heading back to normal for them now. But it was this realisation for me that the eight years of just being in amongst a school, living in community, being a part of this school community, for the school to actually be like, hey, we need, not just me, but they needed, the, they needed Jesus in that moment, right? They needed our church community. They needed us to just be, be present so this family knew that everything was going to be all right. Sometimes we're in situations where we're like, what are we doing here? But it's until that moment of requirement that we might sit in that space. My final point and thought for this morning, when we're obedient to the placing in our life, doors will open. Right? So Paul's in prison with his mate Silas, who doesn't really get that much of a shout out in that kind of passage, but he was there. And they're in a position where they're placed not by God, but by people, right? And yet in that time, God uses them for kingdom growth. Paul and Silas are being obedient to God in prison. After being beaten, after being flogged, they're not going to want to feel like praying and singing, but what are they doing? They are praying, they are singing, they are being so faithful to God, that the earth shakes, the doors fly open, their shackles drop. If that was me, I'm running. That's, that's my ticket out of there, right? But they stay to see God move and God work, right? They stay put to see the jailer and his family come to experience the salvation in which Jesus offers each of us, right? So church, sometimes in life, we are placed somewhere directly by God, right? I feel like I'm living in a season of my life where I've been placed by God within the Adelaide Hills, yeah? Sometimes we are placed by people. Now that might be by our own choices, 
whether they're good or bad. They might be by the choices of others that have forced us to be placed somewhere different. But regardless of where we are placed in life, our obedience to God, to what he is asking of us, has significant impact to those around us. And when we respond to his leading, when we respond to his leading in our lives, we will see change and impact to those around us that will lead to kingdom growth. Does that make sense? You don't need to be a part of, you know, in my case, a youth leadership or working in a, in a ministry environment to see this stuff happen. We can see this stuff happen in our everyday, ordinary lives. We just need to be obedient to what God is asking of us. Our obedience will see doors open and shackles release, yeah? So this morning, we're going to take a moment and we're going we're gonna to pray for a person or people around us about the placement that God has put in their life. And funnily enough, you all placed yourself in the seat that you placed yourself in this morning, right? But maybe, just maybe, God placed you there for the person next to you. Maybe God placed you there because the person next to you needs you to be obedient so their shackles can be released. Maybe the person next to you needs your obedience so that a door will open in their life, right? Because like for Paul and Silas, the doors opening and the shackles breaking wasn't for them. That was for the jailer and his family. So we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for those around us. Maybe they feel like they're not equipped for the place they are placed in. Or maybe they feel like, did I miss the boat? Did I miss the moment? Did I miss the requirement that God had of me? Or maybe they just need prayer for the doors and the shackles to drop. Whatever that may be, I'd love us just to take that time. Take that time, say that prayer, just be present and obedient to what God is wanting of you in this moment. Is that cool? Let me pray first, and then I'd love us just to spend some time praying for one another to wrap up this morning. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that regardless of where we are at, that you are with us always. Lord, we thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. And God, right now, I pray over all of us in the room and the, and the kids outside, Lord, that, that you use us in our obedience to see doors open and shackles break, Lord, that our obedience to you may see people come to know your, your love and your acceptance. Lord, help us be obedient to what we're asking. Help us be obedient to where we are placed. God, we thank you that you call each of us to help grow your kingdom. And I ask that you continue to encourage us and grow us in that. Help us be obedient to where we are placed. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So take a couple moments, pray for those around you. Yeah, just want to encourage you in that time.